three. You're listening to Sports Talk Chicago with your host, John Zaglul. John, I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. You got an awesome voice, man, and that was a terrific <laughs> intro. You're like a pro's pro. You know, that was the first time somebody ever said that, John. No, you're the first person to ever say anything like that. That's, that's very interesting. You got it, John. Anything for a fellow Chicago guy? <laughs> well, what a great question. That's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that. <laughs> I like it. What a great question. I never heard that before. Chase, wait, wait, Chase Sully is what? You're saying he's not a Hall of Fame candidate? You know, it's it's funny. I, I, You may be the only person that I've heard make that connection. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm doing great. By the way, you have an outstanding voice. I'm not sure about your face because I haven't met you, but your voice is great. You're doing a much better job than I ever did. You've had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man, so keep up the good work, but it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports Arts Chicago. My name's John Zaglou, great to have you here. On today's edition of the program, we're going to break down the Bears' new head coach and GM candidates in just a moment. Plus, a brand new exclusive interview with Mike North, the sports talk radio legend and the host of The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. All I have to say is, trust me, you don't want to miss it. Mike spews the truth about the Bears, about their season, what to expect for next year. You really don't want to miss it. Comes up near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zaglou. You want to watch more of this show? Search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportstalkChicago.com. I want to start today with this. Being thorough always leads to better results. That's a fact. If you rush something, if you cut corners, if you don't care, put in no effort, it's not going to work. Anything. doesn't matter what it is. Can't cut corners. have to be thorough, detailed, do your research. That's it'll work. At your job, do you cut corners? Well, sorry, some of you may. <laughs> Maybe you don't like your job. But if you want to be successful at it, you don't. You refuse. Have to put in time, research, effort, and eventually, it works. I hate to give the Bears credit after Monday. After that debacle, that was the press conference from George McCaskey. But... They are being thorough. I mean, have you seen the names that have shown up on this list for potential head coaches, GMs, how many guys they're interviewing? They've been thorough. There's so many people. We'll break that list down in a second, but there's so many people on the list. I've never seen an organization have 10 guys they want to interview. By the way, season isn't over yet. Mike Tomlin. Could be fired. Possible. People in the playoffs. Other coaches. Coordinators. GMs. Executives. Could still be on the table once the season officially ends. So this list will continue to grow. They're being thorough. Doesn't mean they'll pick the right person. <laughs> I mean, George McCaskey apparently isn't even a football evaluator, right? He's a fan. He's a fan. And the CEO and the chairman of the team, he's a fan. 
Chad Phillips, an accountant, is an accountant. I mean, that's just a fact. I don't even know if he's a fan. If he was a fan, this team would be better. Not a fan, accountant. Numbers guy, fine. Want to worry about profits? So be it. But don't mix that crap with football operations. Don't mix that bottom line philosophy with football operations. Why? Because you'll be in the cellar every single year. What do you know? Bears are there. Oh, I am so happy they reassigned him, but the real shame is he's still there regardless. He will have some sort of say, whether it be small or big, the fact that his mouth will still be talking to that organization, making decisions, probably. I digress. The Bears have been exhausted. They've done a great job at locking up all these interviews to their credit. Really. You know, I was worried. Truthfully, I was worried about this organization, these openings. And we heard last week that George McCaskey overruled Matt Nagy. It was admitted to at his press conference. So the question is, who would want to work here, right? What coach would want to work here when you're listening to a fan, not a football evaluator, a fan tell you what to do? Problem. But yet, yet, a lot of people want this job for some reason. Could be Justin Fields. Could be the organization itself, historic, great. And if you work for the Chicago Bears, no matter what, I don't care how bad they are, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Maybe these coaches and GMs see a future. There is a sliver of hope. And if Justin Fields works out, they can improve the O-line secondary a bit, defensive line, which are things they can do with some cap space this year and smart draft picks. They could turn it around. Look at the Bulls. Took the Bulls two years to go from worst now to first. Not impossible. So a lot of people see this as somewhat of an attractive destination. I'm going to read through the list of names I have now. Starting with that coach, we'll go through each one of them, name them off, then I'll talk about who they should hire or some of the positives and negatives for some of these guys they're talking to. Todd Bowles, Brian Dable, who we all know, Matt Eberplus, the Colts defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, Leslie Frazier, former Bear, Nathaniel Hackett, Byron Lepwich, Dunk Peterson, Dan Quinn. That's what we know right now for head coach. There are goods and bads with each one of these guys. Todd Bowles is a defensive guru. Look at the Bucks' defense right now. Everybody wants to talk about Tom Brady, good run game, Antonio Brown. But their defense is outstanding. Remember, their defense contained Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, but even more than that, they've really been near the top of the league the past couple of years. Problem with Bulls is didn't work in New York. Now, who could? I mean, Adam Gase really can't get much worse than that. And Bulls did have an 11-win season with the Jets, but he had no quarterback. I'm fine with Bulls if he hires a good OC. I mean, plain and simple. Look, at the end of the day, no matter who the coach is, you have to find somebody who's going to develop Justin Fields. Todd Bowles, great candidate, great guy, good defensive guy, will not develop Justin Fields. 
He needs somebody to come in. If he knows somebody that he trusts and he likes, I'm all for it. Todd Bowles, not a bad candidate. Brian Dable, everybody's favorite and one of my favorites too. Brian Dable made Josh Allen who he is today. Now, I know a lot of people in Buffalo don't like him. Josh Allen did regress this year. And who knows if he'll ever recapture that 2020 magic. Just for the record, I was never high on Josh Allen. Many people know this about me. This was from my pre-YouTube days, even, when I used to do my radio shows only. I was never high on Josh Allen. Maybe I'm wrong. One great year, MVP-esque year. But this year has come back down to earth. The year before that, 20 touchdowns, 10 picks, nothing special. So Dable managed to get one outstanding season out of Josh Allen. Great. Does that mean he'll develop Justin Fields? Well, that's the big question. I think he could do it. Josh Allen, similar in ways, other ways different. More bulkier, bigger quarterback, so easier to run the football with him. Justin Fields needs to really protect the football, not get hurt. That could be an issue. But that's an idea. I'm not opposed to Dable coming here. Really, I, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't have a problem with that hire. One of the better hires with not as many downsides. The only downside, really, is that Josh Allen regressed. Hey, Mitch Drabinsky worked. Remember that preseason game? I know it was preseason, but the Bears did play their starters. If he did that to Mitch Drabinsky, imagine what he could potentially do to Justin Fields. I'm not opposed to it. Matt Eberflus, Colts defensive coordinator. Colts defense is fine. I mean, really, this year, especially in that last game, that was an offensive problem. And I'm a big Carson Wentz guy. I am. That was an offensive problem. Carson Wentz did not show up to play. That's why it didn't work. Colts are not a bad team. Not a bad team defensively. They've been good defensively for a couple of years. The only downside, like Bulls, who are you going to bring in to develop fields? He has to find a good OC. Brian Flores. Popular name, not opposed, but I will say this, and take this how you will. We all saw how he handled Tua Tunga by law, right? You remember, it was rookie year. Tons of questions. Should he start? Should he sit? He's hurt. He's not hurt. Whatever. Put him in, took him out. Ryan Fitzpatrick, too. And I'm all for winning. That's essentially what happened with Brian Flores last year. That's what happened. They had Tua in. The whole point of last season was to develop Tua. And they realized, oh, wait a minute, we're in this playoff hunt. We better prioritize winning. So, I guess smartly, he put in Brian Fitzpatrick. The problem is that hurt Tua mentally. And this year, Tua really didn't develop too much. I know he's a defensive guy, but he makes the decision whether Tua stays or goes. He made that decision. He was the one who wanted Deshaun Watson when he had a starting quarterback. I'm not saying two is great, but here's my point. Okay? Here's my point with this. He didn't hurt Tua. He did hurt Tua in some aspects. Mentally, big time. I mean, that was like Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky, that relationship, to an extent. It was. That's my issue with Flores. Will he be better... Will he actually care and treat Justin Fields with more respect than that? I get it. Justin Fields is a little bit more talented, yes, than Tua. Although we haven't seen Fields in a full year with a good head coach, good scheme, some weapons. 
Justin Fields is more raw talent, yes. But I am wary, and I'll always be wary now, of Brian Flores. He really hurt Tua's mindset. Now everyone's going to say, well, Tua's a bust anyway. What are you talking about? Well, you know what? Some of you said the same about Mitch Trubisky, and Mitch Trubisky isn't horrible. Not horrible. The way Matt Nagy treated him definitely hurt his mindset. Yes, I was a backup. Fine. The same thing happened to Tua with Brian Flores. I'm a bit skeptical. That's my one issue with him. I think he's a great coach. I'm a huge fan because what he did in Miami, really, culture change. Miami finished 9-8 and this year. Last year won 10 games. I mean, that's outstanding. But unfortunately, his one flaw just happens to be the most important position in football. How he treated his starting quarterback. That's a problem. And unless he fully buys Justin Fields, if he really thinks Justin Fields is great and won't mess around with his process, I'm all for it. But if he's going to pull the same crap he pulled with Tua and Brian Fitzpatrick and then Tua this year, big problem. It's not going to work. We have to see what he plans on doing at the quarterback position. Leslie Frazier, former Bear, just not flashy. Leslie Frazier used to be the head coach for the Vikings, did all right. Now to be a defensive guru, but the Vikings were in the 20s each year in their defense when he coached. And now he's over at Buffalo. was a member of the 1985 team. I mean, it would be a great press release, a cool moment. Hey, 85 Bear comes home. It'd be great. But what's he really going to bring to the table? Defensive guy, fine. Again, how will he develop Justin Fields? See, this is the number one question McCaskey, Phillips, whomever's doing the hiring should be asking. How are you going to develop Justin Fields? How will you do it? What's the plan? It's either I know what I'm doing or... I'll bring in somebody who does know. I promise you, I know people, I'll do it. That's the question that everybody has to be asked. First question, day one. You don't know? Get the hell out. Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator? Yeah, no. Not because he's a Packer. This is Matt Nagy 2.0. Matt LaFleur is the offensive genius. I don't know who the hell this guy is. How many plays has he called? I'm asking, how many plays has he called? like Matt Nagy in Kansas City. Andy Reid called all the plays. Matt Nagy just kind of sat there, coached up a couple of quarterbacks. Great. Didn't work. I'm not going to sit here and deal with this crap again. What has he done? Matt LaFleur is the offensive mind over there. He's the genius. He's the reason they keep winning. 13 games, 13 games every single year. And Mike McCarthy was winning six or seven. Matt LaFleur is the difference maker, not Nathaniel Hackett. Byron Leftwich. I would love this move. Don't know if it's going to happen. Don't really see it. I mean, look, the Buccaneers are a first-class organization now. Bruce Arians head coach, Tom Brady. Who in their right mind, I'm just being honest, who would leave Tom Brady for Justin Fields? Who would leave Tom Brady for anybody? That guy's got it made. They're winning, always winning, Super Bowl-esque every year, getting paid good money in Tampa Bay. I would not leave there. Plus, my life depended on it. I suggest you interview him, and if he says yes, somehow, take him. He used to be a quarterback. I remember watching Byron Leftwich as a kid playing Jacksonville. Him and David Garrard would split time. Not a bad player and a really good offensive coordinator. I'm not opposed to it, but the problem is, again, 
Not going to leave. Not going to leave at all. Doug Peters. Good and bad. Won a Super Bowl. Knows Nick Foles. So I guess if they hire Doug Peterson, maybe Nick Foles will stick around. So, I mean, that's a reason really not to hire him. But more than that, similar situation. Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. I don't want to hire a coach who's been involved in the past with a quarterback controversy. Look, maybe I'm scarred from what's happened the past couple of years. Maybe I'm stupid. But you know what? I don't think that's going to be helpful. If they're known in the past to cause quarterback controversies, to deal with these problems like that, you expect them to change? Well, what if Justin Fields, everybody's favorite guy, can't perform next year? What if they bench Justin Fields? It's not impossible. Then what's the reaction going to be? I want somebody to come in who can pledge that they will develop Justin Fields. If there's any hesitancy, or if you look at their past and they are speaking out of their ass, well, I wouldn't hire him. Doug Peterson scares me. Super Bowl, that's great. Great, I'm happy. Amazing. Just don't buy it. I don't buy Doug Peterson. Had a great defense, great O-line, decent enough run game, and Nick Bowles. Then when Wentz got healthy, came back the next year, problems, back and forth, who's going to start, big issues, and he got fired for a reason. He got fired. He was out the door right away. Problem. Two years after winning a Super Bowl, fired. That should be a big red flag. And then Dan Quinn. Don't hire Dan Quinn. Don't do it. Disaster in Atlanta. Don't even waste your time. Great defensive mind. Good coordinator. He's in Dallas. Come on, just stay there. You're fine. Chicago doesn't need you. Chicago really doesn't want you. You're winning in Dallas, making good money again. You're in Texas. Stay there. Don't come here. Nobody wants you. He did nothing of significance in Atlanta. Nothing. And they, they fired him mid-season, too. They fired him. Not the best candidate. Give him an interview, sure, but not the best candidate. Out of all these coaches, each of them have some issues, for sure. And I would say right now, if you want to ask me who to favor, number one would be Byron Leftwich. Mike Tomlin may come on this list, and if somehow, some way he does, hire Mike Tomlin right away. So Tomlin, Leftwich, no question. Flores, Dable, Bowles. I wouldn't be mad if any of those guys were hired. I really wouldn't be. Wouldn't be a problem to me. Only exception with Bowles is that I would hope he brings in a good OC to develop Justin Fields. All those guys, I'm all for. But I'm going to have a problem with guys like Peterson or Quinn, who really don't even belong in this conversation. Yeah, try and compare Byron Leftwich to Dan Quinn. You can't. It just won't work. I hope the Bears get this right. Fortunately, they're being thorough, but... That doesn't mean they'll get it right. I have to wait. GM candidates so far, ones that we know of. Quincy Adolfo Mensa from the Browns. Morocco Brown from the Colts. Rand Carthen from the 49ers. Glenn Cook from the Browns. And Dodds from the Colts. Jeff Ireland. From the Saints, 
Omar Khan from the Steelers, Joe Shane from the Bills, Rick Smith from the Texans, Elliot Wolf from the Patriots. My goodness, such a long list of candidates here. A lot of people. As far as the two Browns guys go, they do know how to draft. They've drafted some good players defensively, offensively. Uh, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett made some moves. They had Odell Beckham. Baker Mayfield isn't a total bust. Did great last year. Hired Kevin Stepanski, offensive genius. Not bad. Not opposed to them being here. Now, my top people for this position, Morocco Brown is one. The Colts director of college scouting. Look at the Colts. Now, I get it. Didn't make the playoffs this year. Big problem. Director of college scouting. They've gotten a lot of things right over the years. Really. Andrew Luck. Quentin Nelson. Nelson's going to be a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. (laughs) Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. They got that right, too. Potential MVP candidate. I like what the Colts have done. And I certainly like Brown. Some uh, footage came out of him from Hard Knocks. This guy's no nonsense. Wouldn't have a problem with the Bears hiring him. Another guy I really want to watch is Omar Khan from the Steelers. So Omar Khan, just so you know, has been a candidate for a GM opening for a while. Khan's been there with the Steelers for years, 10, 15 years. Just look at that organization. They are first class. First-class organization. They really are. And the Steelers do great every year. Think about who they had, who they drafted. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Najee Harris, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger, Defenders, Troy Palomalu. Even other running backs, Willie Parker. I mean, they, they've had good players for years that they've drafted. I would love that hiring. That's my favorite, personally. And, again, who knows who else is going to be available by the time we talk about this in a couple of weeks. Problem for the Bears is now they have some competition. I mean, the Vikings need a GM and a head coach. Giants do, too. I'll tell you this much. Giants, New York, big market. They're going to be commanding top talent. The Bears will, too, here in Chicago. So it's going to be tough for them to find somebody when they're competing against two great franchises. My hope is that the Bears' selling point, and the Bears' selling point should be Justin Fields. If you're going to sell something, sell Justin Fields. I'm not ready to call him a bust yet. Didn't have a good year, that's a fact. Not ready to call him a bust. You could tell a GM and a head coach, hey, we have a second-year quarterback. He needs some help. But there's talent. There's potential. That could be a selling point. Tell you one thing, though. Easier to sell Justin Fields than Daniel Jones. Easier to sell Justin Fields than Kirk Cousins and $35 million guaranteed. (laughs) When the Bears are competing with the Giants and the Vikings for a head coach and a GM, they have a real selling point here. They do. Not nonsense. I don't care if you think Justin Fields is a bust or not. The fact is, we don't know yet. We don't know. 
That's something you could sell. And look, second-year quarterback, great potential, great at Ohio State. You have a chance to mold him into what he's supposed to be, what we envision him of being. You could do it. And if you do it and you work hard enough, you have a franchise quarterback sitting right there. Daniel Jones, sorry, not a franchise quarterback. Kirk Cousins, going to be out the door. Going to be out the door, way too much money to pay him. Vikings are cap strapped because of that contract. Bears are going to have cap space open up, but even more than that, they have a quarterback. May not be the answer, we don't know yet, but they have an option, a viable option. Who could be the answer? See, we know about Daniel Jones. Not an answer. He sucks. Sorry, hate to break it to you, he sucks. Her Cousins, not a bad quarterback to me, but can't win a big game. And way too much money. Way too expensive. So if you're the Bears and you're trying to sell these positions, look to Justin Fields. You're not going to sell people on George McCaskey or Ted Phillips or whomever is going to be doing the hiring. Not going to sell them on, oh, hey, got a couple of good defenders, David Montgomery. I love David Montgomery. Still won't sell people on a running back. You're going to sell people on the quarterback, the city, the market, and potentially the new stadium. Pretty easy. I could see it now. I could see the whole pitch. Hey, look. New quarterback. Could develop him. New stadium. New era in Bears football. Come be a part of it. It's like an infomercial. But it is. It's true. That's what I would do if I'm selling to any of these candidates. That's how I would play it. Omar Khan, personally, is my favorite for GM. That's who I like. And as far as coach goes, Byron Leftwich would be unbelievable if he decided to leave. Or Mike Tomlin, if he gets fired. All these other guys, I'm okay with, as I mentioned earlier. Some of them, some issues. Causes for concern. That's why there's an interview process. And we're going to have to see what the Bears do. Now, they've screwed it up before. They could certainly do it again. And if they do, we're back at square one, I guess, for the Bears. But I would hope, with them being more thorough, with them investing time in Bill Poligan, maybe something will give. We have to hope so, anyway. More to come here on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Mike North comes up next, so stay tuned. We are back and ready for today's special guest. He's a sports radio pioneer, host of the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, and a contributor to the Ballroom Network. Please welcome Mike North to the program. Mike, it's great to have and you a, on. And a contributor to you, John, and a contributor to you and your <laughs> fine shows. Good to see you. You know, I kept checking the phone. I was hoping you'd call sooner or later. Every time the phone rang, it was somebody else. I go, where's John? Where's John? Boy, please, dear Lord, give me John. And I got it, so it's good to be on with you. I wanted to call you after Monday. Uh, that was <laughs> quite a day for the Bears, for management, for everybody involved. What did you make of the whole thing, first off? Oh, well, it's been a debacle. I think that it all started. I mean, I think if I'm going to trace back when this all started, John, in all seriousness, I think it was uh, the day after they replaced Trubisky. After going 2-0, bringing in Foles, 
after Trubisky made the one bad interception, punishing him for that, basically punishing the team, bringing in Foles, and then that went nowhere. He goes two and five. Then they bring back Trubisky. They end up making the playoffs. Now, if you're Allen Robinson, other players on the team who I haven't heard from, and you've had 200 catches in two years from Trubisky, and then you hear you're going to have Dalton or you're going to have Foles or you were going to have a rookie uh, be your quarterback. Uh, it was very predictable. I knew this was going to happen. I knew the Bears were a playoff team. Uh, if they had the right uh, leadership and, and quarterback, it didn't happen that way. In fact, it got to the point where they say, now you got to play fields when Nagy didn't even want to, which tells me that Nagy was starting to have doubts, which the way things are going. I think going into next year, if Justin Fields is your first quarter, uh, first string quarterback, enjoy not being in the playoffs again, period. That's that's just the way it is. If the Bears had Trubisky this year, would they be a playoff team? Absolutely. I think they would have been. Why not? I mean, he uh, the, the, the joke on Twitter is Trubisky made Nagy's offense uh, uh, winnable, 29 and 21. I mean, I'm still waiting for somebody to explain what a bust is to me. I mean, I hear people say he was inaccurate, yet he's the highest rated percentage completion guy of all time. Uh, I hear he's the highest rated of all time. I don't know what happened, but Nagy did this to himself. And Pace also either bought in or said, you know what, you're right. Uh, But we still don't know who took the authority out of Nagy's hands to just play Justin Fields even if he was hurt or even if he didn't know what he was doing, which it became apparent throughout the season, he's got a lot of uh, issues to address. Otherwise, he's just going to be serviceable. How do you gauge the way they treated Fields this year? I, I think he was treated beautifully. I think he was treated. I mean, I mean, the number one jersey sold. I thought the media uh, uh, sold everything, sold their souls again for the wrong guy. Um, they've done that with Cutler. I mean, the same cast of characters. You don't want me. If folks just look at the newspapers or look, uh, go to go to certain writers and see where they stood on Foles, see where they stood on Glennon, see where they stood on Cutler, see where they stood. And they all stood good with all these guys except Mitch Trubisky, who's the guy they actually, the Bears actually developed. So this has all been a debacle. I'm looking at the early 70s because the rest of the team now is getting older and starting to deteriorate. I mean, if I hear Akeem Hicks is going to be back, I'll, I'll, I'll just scream. Guy played <laughs> nine games, missed the, last, missed the last three Packer games. Plays a, a, like a hero against Minnesota. His way, and then he sits out the next week. You, you know, it's time to move on. And I don't know what they're going to do, but they're an older football team now, so we'll see what happens. But if you're a head coach and you inherit Justin Fields, you might not be here in three years. That's my opinion. Who do you think would be head coach? Like, who do you think the Bears should target right now? Well, if you have to play fields and you're a guy that might get a job somewhere else and you have to play fields and and George McCaskey, it it sounds like wants a head coach that's going to do that. So you're going to do what I tell you, even though the other day I said, I don't know anything about football. That tells you right there. When I got into radio, I knew the history of radio, but I didn't know the intricacies of radio. But what I did over my years was learn about everything because it was my profession. Okay. How can you say after all this time that you're not an expert in football? You could have made yourself that. 
you could have read everything, read the scouting reports, have some knowledge, but to sit up there and say everything stops at me, but I don't know anything about the game that I'm in charge of is, is just uh, incomprehensible to me. And uh, it's not even laughable. It's so funny. It's sad. I mean, that's, that's the whole situation there. I've always said that if they had a guy uh, that was media savvy, I don't care who it is, uh, just like the presidents have their press secretary, they should have somebody like that. That's who they should have because they don't talk to anybody. Ryan Pace, I still don't know how the guy, what the guy sounds like. I've, I've hardly ever seen him talk. What I don't even, all I ever see is the picture of him in a suit, the suit and tie and the hair with the perfect part. And that's it. It's unacceptable. You got to be accountable every single week uh, to the Chicago Bear fans. And it's interesting. It's interesting. Where's my call to be on the committee? Where's my call? I say, I, I could have saved you 750 million bucks. I could have saved you the Cutler extension. I could have told you not to hire Wanstead. I could have told you not to take Justin Field. I could have told you to keep Mitch Trubisky. I could have told you not to hire Matt Nagy because he never called a play in his life that was relevant. It was Andy Reid. Where's my call? Or where are some Bear fans calls? Bill Polian? 79 years old. God bless you. You don't know more about the Bears than me, son. Period. He doesn't know the history. He could say anything he wants. If Bill Polian wants to debate me on any era, any generation, any draft pick of the Chicago Bears, bring it on. I've been right more than I've been wrong. And I had to hear people tell me during the offseason that Sam Darnold was better than Trubisky, <laughs> that Baker Mayfield was better than Trubisky, that Danny Jones was better than Trubisky. I mean, I watched Greenberg and them guys. Our Vlowski. I had to hear all these guys tell me Justin Fields was going to be rookie of the year. I had to hear this nonsense. They don't even bring up Trubisky's name, but he'll sign with somebody else. He did the right thing. He got the stank off him from the Bears organization, went with a credible organization, and now some team's going to hire a winning quarterback. I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill, who was considered a bust in Miami. And look where he's at right now because they put a football team around him. And if you don't think Mitch Trubisky can play, you missed the Bear Bills preseason game where the Bills went out to embarrass the Chicago Bears and Nagy destroyed them, period. That was more than a preseason game. That was a statement to Nagy and the ineptness of the Chicago Bears. You know what I find interesting, too, is that I saw a lot of Browns fans on Twitter actually clamoring to have Mitch be on their team next year. A lot of Browns fans want Mitch Trubisky to be their starting quarterback next season. Yeah, they're going to come back with Mayfield. He had the torn labrum. He played hurt. I give him all the respect in the world. He's not as happy I mean, to me. Mitch Trubisky has, has credentials that, that are incredible for, for a Chicago Bear quarterback. And, 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 and I think Trubisky's got a chance to sign with Denver. I think Trubisky's got to sign a chance to sign with Pittsburgh. I think Trubisky's got, there's a few more stops than people thought. Uh, some teams are going to remain stubborn. I mean, if you're Carolina, Sam Darnold is not better than Mitch Trubisky, even though all the New York critics kissed his ass. That's it. They kissed his butt. And everybody's got a thing about Mitch Trubisky. Like Mike Tomzak told me when he was on my podcast, he goes, 
Me and Jay Hilgenberg were just talking. I go, oh, wow. What are you guys talking about? What's wrong with Trubisky? He's winning. This was at the end. And uh, you know what? If you're a new coach and you're looking for a new quarterback, I entertain bringing him back. It's better than what we got, period. Mike North here on Sports Talk. Unless somebody, wants to say, unless somebody wants to tell me what I saw differently this year. Because I saw a guy that's out of his – I, you know what, to me, Ohio State quarterbacks, I said it would be a bust because of that. And the, and the Bears have only developed a couple. They could develop Harbaugh a little bit, and they developed Trubisky. But people that actually thought an Ohio State quarterback who has the best team around him money can buy, okay? See, to me, I'll give Cutler this. If you, if you make Vanderbilt a winner, that you look at that quarterback. If you're Eli Manning, I remember Eli Manning, and he's winning at Ole Miss. Nobody <laughs> wins at Ole Miss, right? I'm going, take a look at him. Even Peyton Manning. Hey, Peyton Manning. Tennessee, take a look at him because these teams usually don't win. So when you see a quarterback elevate a football team, I'm more, more into them than I am into somebody that makes Ohio. I mean, Justin Fields was replaced by a freshman who was better than Justin Fields because you got nothing but great players on the field. To me, take a team. I mean, look at Jake Fromm played for Georgia he can't play dead can't play dead so to me getting a quarterback from a college program where it was elevated okay because of his play is more impressive than taking a quarterback from Ohio State or one of the football factories were you surprised by his performance I mean I was pretty shocked to see seven touchdowns 10 picks 11 fumbles I really didn't think it get that bad but it was Oh, it's horrible. His rating's, what, 25 or something? <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's just, and I'm hearing, and, and, and look, the smart, the smart people are keeping their mouth shut now. The people that keep up, oh, next year's going to be great because a new coach is coming in. No, you need a whole lot around the kid. But I don't see what I saw when I saw Peyton Manning in his rookie year. I don't see what I saw when I saw Terry Bradshaw in his rookie year. Okay? I don't see what I saw when I saw Russell Wilson in his rookie year. Now, people are going to say, well, those teams were bad, too. Right, but I knew. At the, the Bears weren't. The over-under for the Bears was eight. It, the over-under for the Pittsburgh Steelers, folks, in Bradshaw's first year might have been two or three. Okay? Because there was nobody around. And it took him time to develop. I'm not selling out on Justin Fields. I'm selling out on not only him, but the whole football team. We got a long way to go. And, and you know what? They got to get a guy that's going to not try to find the next Mahomes. That was the mistake of the Bears. You had a good quarterback. We had other needs to address. But they wanted the next Mahomes. There is no next Mahomes. Just like there is no next Brady. Period. End of story. Well, are you worried about Ted Phillips and George McCaskey sticking around? Like, does it matter who the head coach and the GM are going to be if we know that McCaskey is going to make decisions for him? Well, the nonsense that they want to coach maybe before GM means they're not going to be serious about this whole thing. And I'm hearing names bandied about it. doesn't matter. You know, I, I talked to a, a respected football man this morning, and he told me uh, Josh McDaniel, you know, he was supposed to get the indie job, and he didn't take it. He's got somewhat of a bad reputation. 
And I bought into all that. Plus, he's a New England guy. And a lot of them don't pan out. In fact, he said none of them do. I had to remind him Mike Vrabel's an, uh, a New England guy. So he did pan out, number one. That's one. That's only one, though. And I also had to remind him that Bill Belichick quit after one day with the Jets. He did the same crap. He, he gave a handshake and went again and, and pulled back. So, so that's nonsense. If Josh McDaniel's the biggest jerk on earth, the biggest, but he knows how to take a team and one day go, you know, what we should do coach Belichick run the whole game because we're going to have heavy wins. And then Buffalo throws in the same game 30 times who wins the guy that adjusts his football team game by game. Josh McDaniel deserves another chance. And I don't care if he's a, an ass wipe. I don't, we need one. I don't want dancing. I don't want dancing in the clubhouse when you win a game to go five and eight. I don't want club dub. I want a guy that's going to tell these players, you better do your job or you're gone. And he did well with Mac Jones this year too. Another rookie, probably the best rookie in this class. Sure. And he didn't want fields. He's on record. And the, he was dropping and the bears go, Oh man, let's make that trade. Let's move up. They did the same thing with Mitch. Now, are we going to, which was unfair to Mitch, because Mitch is still a good quarterback, and he's proven people wrong, in my opinion, but are we going to beat up Justin Field because we took him instead of the better quarterback, Mac Jones? Are we going to be sensitive? Because he's a, how are you a developing quarterback if you moved up for the guy? My dad, I told my dad, I'm going to race my buddy in this Camaro back in the 70s. And my dad goes, yeah, but you have a 1972 Plymouth Fury. I go, I'll race him anyway. He goes, you're going to lose. Okay. Justin Fields is the 72 Fury. Period. Got news for everybody. If you think in three, four years we're in the playoffs with this guy as your quarterback, I've seen enough. People go, he's only one year. I only have to see, I only have to see three, four games. I've been involved in football since the 60s. I've seen them all. I knew knew Andre Ware was going to be a bust. Okay, I knew David Klingler was going to be a bust. I knew RG3 was going to be a bust. And I think I think this guy Fields right now is off to Bustville unless something drastically changes. Oh, let's roll them out. Or if they bring in the Buffalo coach, Dabo, well, if you bring in him, he'd want Mitch. He worked with him all year. But if you bring him in to coach Justin Field, he's going to run them like Josh Allen. Only Justin Fields is a fumbler, and he gets injured. That's that's the two things. So I don't think he'd be the right coach. Plus, when I say Justin Fields a fumbler, it could have been worse, folks. John's going, I can't believe the knowledge this guy does. I just look into your eyes, John. I can see it. (laughs) Justin Fields fumbled 12 times in 11 games, threw 10 interceptions in 11 games. He recovered half of his own fumbles, or somebody else did. But he had 17, 18 turnovers. You ain't winning anything. You're, you're out of work if you do that again. And so it better, and he was inaccurate, held on to the ball too long. His best plays are him running. Look at his play. He's not a running back. He's going to get killed, and he did. He ended up getting hurt, like I predicted. I said they're going to throw him in there to the Lions and ruin them. And on the sidelines, if you ever noticed, 
I see Brady and everybody looking at the charts and everything. He's like this. He don't even he don't even have a coach sitting next to him. They're not even explaining anything to him. So hopefully, if he's back, that will change. Let me ask you this: Whose fault is that, though? Is that a coaching thing or a field thing or a little bit of both? Oh, it's both. I would have never drafted Fields. Oh, I've been on record as saying that. I would have kept Trubisky. So I don't have to argue about Trubisky anymore. I was right. Everybody else was wrong. Everybody. Just name them all. And name them all. And for people that are going to hold on, oh, he'll be under a new coaching staff next year, and he'll develop under them. But let me tell you something. He better come back with a more accurate throw. When he came out and said the game is moving slow to me during the preseason i said this is an arrogant human being an arrogant human being who's falling in love with his own hype he was a vomit bucket of a quarterback this year and anybody who complained about mitch or or about dalton or about Foles, but won't complain about fields are hypocrites period i don't care how many years he's been playing it was a bad product what more should the Bears address this offseason besides worrying about the quarterback position? What else do they need? Well, they need a quarterback, number one. They, they, they Then they have to get a defensive lineman. Um, I think they got to address the secondary. Um, you can't have Vildor back there. Um, I think their offensive line, of course, got to find a couple offensive linemen, but they don't draft. I mean, the draft is destroyed. We don't have a draft. I mean, this is going to be some dark days unless something miraculous turns around. And I'm not saying Justin Fields, and I'll be the first to say John knows this. You know, I'll be the first to say, if Justin Fields turns into all that, I won't, I won't hesitate to say, God, was I stupid and wrong. But nobody ever tells me I'm right about all the quarterbacks. <laughs> Do you believe, I mean, we had a quarterback named Jay Cutler that went 57 and 57, and people cheered a three-year extension. Cheered it. We're the dumbest fan base, the Bears, used to be the smartest, dumbest fan base because 80% of the people don't really know football. They read social media and they just jump on the bandwagon. And a lot of the Bear podcasts haven't educated. I thank God for Bears Barroom. You get all, all, uh, all takes, okay, uh, with my show and whatever. But even I'm taking heat from Bears Barroom. And Bears Barroom was designed where all Bear people should be respected. <laughs> because if you're arguing with me, about the Bears past four years, and you're going to point at Trubisky? Trubisky wasn't here this year. How'd that work for everybody? You know, everybody's got an excuse. Justin Field looked like the most ill, but none of the rookie quarterbacks besides Jones really played well. Trevor Lawrence only had one touchdown pass this last eight weeks. All these guys could be busts. But if you're going to ask me who I'd rather have, I'd still trade Justin Field for Trevor Lawrence right now. Why do you say that? Did you watch Justin Fields this year? I did. I just want to know why. Why why, you, why would you Why would you say that? What you just said. Trevor it's Lawrence. like you people don't even watch the games. No, no, no. It's like, and I understand Trevor Lawrence. And why would I say it? Because Trevor Lawrence, okay, has that it factor okay. that Bradshaw had in these guys. You know, Bradshaw was six, had six touchdowns, and I think 24 interceptions his first year. Oh, oh. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's no. bad. That's bad. <laughs> and let me, I don't have my, I think if somebody looks it up, that is bad. And he got heat and they said he was a bust, but then they started accumulating players and then he became, I mean, once again, when you're drafted from Louisiana tech 
not LSU, like Burrow. When you're drafted from Louisiana Tech and you made your program look good, you didn't go to Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. You went to a Louisiana Tech. And look what happened. Guys got four Super Bowl rings, along with a great team. You know? If the Bears have a good team, though, do you think Justin Fields could be serviceable? Yes, serviceable. That's serviceable. about it. That's about it. Okay. I, I didn't see anything. I didn't see a wow moment. I saw the running. Right. But, uh, you know, if you're if you're asking me if he's ever going to ha- have six touchdowns in one game like Mitch, absolutely not. We gave we gave away a quarterback that had six touchdowns in one game. One. No interceptions either. No turnovers. No fumbles. And Justin okay. Fields is almost halfway to Mitch's loss, loss record. So, in one year. And it's, it, it wasn't, once again, it's not just his fault. We had some bailout guys this year. We did. We had some guys that if, if we're winning, maybe it's better. But all I know is the Bears went 6-3 and three with Mitch last year. This year, they went 4-3 and three with any other quarterback besides Fields. And with Fields, they went 2-8. and eight. At some point, <laughs> you have to say, he might be a little bit of an issue. That's all. Not the biggest issue. Because he turned Allen Robinson into a potato. Thank you. This was a guy that had 200 receptions from Mitch Trubisky in two years. And he was excited. He said about Justin Fields, you deserve what you get if you're excited and you played the company line. Now look at you. Look at you now. 30 catches. And I'm sure he'll make money, but not the money he was going to make. If Mitch comes back for his fifth year, the over-under for Allen Robinson this year, folks, was 92 catches. Based on Based on a so-called bust, Mitch Trubisky back in the day. Two, two, a hundred yard season. 200 catches in two years from Mitch Trubisky. 200. Let's go to this guy in of third. My point. Allen Robinson took a beating. Most of these guys are. Akeem Hicks sitting out. I'm sure you'll get money from Green Bay if you go there. He didn't want to play against Green Bay. Maybe Green Bay would have stopped and might hurt his market. I don't know. Or maybe the guy, I never found out what was wrong with him. He had a bad ankle. Then he comes back for a game and then he sits down again. That's the way the NFL rules are now. So you can only speculate. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got a mess on our hands here. We really do. That's such a good point too about Alan Robinson. You know, people give you a lot of flack on Twitter. They gave me some too about Alan Robinson. I don't really think it was his fault. I mean, you're talking about a different quarterback, nope. rookie quarterback. How are you supposed to succeed mm-hmm. in that sort of system? Well, there's chemistry. Right. And, and I remember that during the offseason, Trubisky and the offense worked out together. There's chemistry. Um, and there was no chemistry there. And you knew there was problems early. And Robinson didn't seem happy, but he, he bit his tongue. It's his free agent year. And it was a disaster for him. But nobody will bring that up. An absolute disaster for Allen Robinson as far as markability is concerned. Plus, he had some injury problems. But he, you know what? Sometimes you're better off not playing than having two receptions for eight yards. <laughs> and he's a gamer. Because I didn't want him to begin with. I thought we could have signed Jordy Nelson for the one year. He went to the Raiders, had 63 catches. Robinson did about the same. But I got to give Allen Robinson credit. Him and Mitch worked well together. And they said, let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of a quarterback-receiver combo that's had 200 catches in two years. Let's get rid of that. I'm trying to educate people here. It's, it's done up top. This was, an all, this was thought out. 
by McCaskey, Phillips, Nagy, and Pace. This whole strategy of this mess was thought out by them from beginning to end. You know what I find pathetic, Mike? That McCaskey and Phillips are relying on somebody else to hire another president or another GM and a head coach. This is like the third time around where they're seeking outside help to try and hire somebody. Right. Shouldn't that be a problem? Like, that really scares me, the fact that they can't do this themselves. Well, they're going to do it themselves eventually. I think they're going to. They got to nod yes. If they bring in somebody and McCaskey does it, yeah. He was talking to me, and I didn't, I didn't connect. You won't hear that. But, you know, and Virginia McCaskey, I don't care how old you are. You're, you're a bad owner, period. You're a bad owner. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're, it says Virginia McCaskey, owner. You're a bad owner. I don't care if you're 130, if you're 30, if you're 20, <laughs> if you're 50. I don't care how old you are. You're a bad owner. Oh, she's the matriarch. The matriarch of losses. The matriarch of losing. The matriarch of befuddlement. That's, that's who she is. Very nice woman. But Nagy was a very nice guy. The players loved him. I don't care. I want, I want meanness now. I want people that aren't nice. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, apparently she was very disappointed about how this year went. So I don't Very, know very disappointed. Right. Very, very. Well, hey, very, very disappointed. <laughs> of course she is. I love what she says because she fired Michael. Uh, but George said, well, she still says I'm president. Like, like his little club family. <laughs> they get together at Thanksgiving. By the way, you'll be back next year, George. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Bob. It's a joke. What do you expect out of them come next year? Well, Aaron Rodgers should never lead the division, number one. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he has the best ride ever outside of Tom Brady, who was in the AFC East for 20 years and had Buffalo, where he went 35-3. and three. Aaron Rodgers, I don't care if you want to be res- – I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I would have told him to his face, though. I would have said, I don't like you because, number one, you think you do it all by yourself. Mike McCarthy, his last four years was – he had 10 wins two years in a row. He had – Seven wins another year, and then he was fired when he had five and seven. Weren't you the quarterback with him? But if if it's all about you, then how has LaFleur won 13 games three years in a row? I mean, it's like LaFleur doesn't matter. The guy's a heck of a coach, and Rodgers is a heck of a quarterback in the weakest division in all of professional football. And I think the Bears are in big trouble. I think, uh, you know, but see, the Bears did the right thing, just like Minnesota. At least I was fearing they were going to keep pace, and they didn't. So at least they they got that going for them. More to come with Mike North in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is Sports Talk Chicago. Mike, a few more questions before we finish up. First off, your 30-year anniversary in sports media. How'd you celebrate? I looked out the drapes, saw a headlight coming at me and ducked. (laughs) Uh, No, I've been talking to some of my buddies and stuff. I've got, 
I'm going to be doing something with George Hoffman, his podcast, and Dan McNeil. And, uh, you know, I talked to Fred Eubner the other day. It's, it's a, it's a, the score in the 90s was uh, different than anything that you'll see now. It just can't do it anymore. Uh, there was some crazy, crazy times. It's a great station. And, uh, you know, the fact that Danny Lee uh, came into that hot dog stand and I told him, come on. You can't be starting a jazz or country station like he wanted to. I go, try sports. And he looked at me, thought I was nuts. And I chased him out to his car. I said, remember what I said, sports radio is the next big thing. And uh, that weekend, there was, he went home. And he bought the Sunday Tribune and Sunday Sometimes. I think it was 91 when the paper was this thick. And he went to the jazz and country section, the entertainment section of the papers and saw three, four ads, nothing big. Then he went to the sports section and uh, this is what he told me before he passed on because we took, uh, I had a screenwriter with me and he said, I counted 35 to 40 ads in the Sundays sports section. You know, everything from Sears to Michelin tires to, to everything geared. To, to people buying and men buying and stuff. Sports section back then was mainly the man thing. You know what I mean? Well, back in the seventies and eighties and nineties. Um, and, and he decided on Monday when they all met, they, they said, what are we going to do? Jazz or country? Cause he had bought the call letters WJZZ. He says, we're doing sports. And they, all of them, they, I knew some of them. You're going to listen to that goofy hot dog guy. And he goes, <laughs> Yeah, well, we don't know anything about sports. He goes, well, we better learn. And the guy put together the greatest sports station in history. It was a three, four show station at the most, daytime only. And we knocked out the competition when it came to money, financial stuff. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud the Cubs are on it, you know, because we never used to, I mean, I see, I hear the Cubs are on. I'm going, can you believe that they're on a station that in 92, you know, was brought about? It's great. And, and that people only gave six months to. So I'm very happy for everybody. I, I miss everybody. I knew what I, I, I had a longer run than expected. If there was social media back then, we would have lasted one week, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. If it was like it was now, we wouldn't have lasted. Yeah. I would have been back picking paper at the park district. <laughs> you ever yeah. think it's possible you'd end up back there? Oh, I never count out anything. I mean, if the money's right, you know, I never count out any radio job, you know, but I'm happy at AM 1000. The money is good. The, the fun, Carmen DeFalco's fantastic. Uh, and I'm very happy. I mean, after 30 years, I mean, I'm still the one that's still on, on, on terrestrial radio out of, out of the whole crew. So I've been very fortunate and I worked at Fox and, you know, been keeping my nose clean for the most part. Uh, like I said, now an exciting time for me is if I get up to uh, get the remote from the other side of the couch. So <laughs> I like doing this. I love I love doing radio. I always have. I, I used to mimic the radio guys back when I was a kid. You know, I used to pretend I read commercials and stuff and, you know, and, and stuff like that. And somehow, some way it worked out for everybody. Mike, before we finish up to that last question, what's the best basketball game you've ever played? I know you played a bit at Truman College. Right. Oh, the best basketball game that I ever played in was in, I know I played at Truman, and uh, we played, we had a pretty good team. We were 500, 
uh, that was a learning. I was the oldest guy in the conference. I came back from the service and I tried out against 150 guys. I'm like 23, 22 at the time. I wanted to get my VA money. I go home. No, I was older. I was married at the time. I was 25. I go home and tell me I made the basketball team. You made the team out of all those guys? She goes, yeah. So I, But my best story is I played in a park league. I won't mention the names of the people. And me and this guy were on a team, and they said, you know what? We almost won it the year before, but we're going with younger people. So they got told me that I'd be coming off the bench. I was a little older at the time. Uh, if you want, but we, you know, if you want to look for another team, you know, go ahead. And this is where I learned patience. I said, you know, I think I'll sit out this year. You only, you told me a week before, I'm not going to be able to latch on with another team. So I thought it was like low rent, right? The next year I came back with my own team and we beat them in the championship. Wow. So, yeah. That's my favorite story uh, that I've ever done. My wife has been to Jordan games. She went to that game because she knew I got a raw deal. I put together my own team and uh, we went through the playoffs. We had a couple losses, but then during the playoffs, we were on fire and we, we beat the guys that got rid of me. So that's what I like to do. You know, the old chip on the shoulder thing, John, the chip on the shoulder is the best motivator ever, ever. That's a hundred percent. Right. When they say you can't do something, screw you. <laughs> when they say, you know, you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, go out there, folks, do what you think you can do. That's why I like podcasting now. That's why I like people. It gives everybody an opportunity. If you really want something, you don't have to rent time anymore like I did. I mean, I had to rent time for 300 bucks a week in the 90s, 90, in, in 89, 90. There was no computers. I did one hour, paid a producer 100, and, but I got sponsors, and I paid 200 a week. And I saved that tape. So keep doing what you're doing, folks, in any venue. In any venue, keep doing what and learn your craft. Don't be like George McCaskey. Go, I'm not an expert. When your family owns a football team, you make yourself an expert. You know, you dig, you make yourself that. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. I don't think anybody should be following George McCaskey's uh, philosophy. Yeah, but he owns the team. That's the problem. Right. I mean, the bottom line is it's major league. That's what it is. It's major league. The movie. That's what it is, folks. That's what it is. But we got the Bulls. We got the Bulls. And they made a change and they made the right moves. But they waited 17 years. This could have been, you know, who knows? Look, if they make a change in two years, and they're, they have a shot. They have a shot to win it all. So, I mean, you know, they're good to watch. They're fun to watch. And you knew, you have faith in the brain trust now. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to have you on and can't wait till we catch up again real soon. John, you're the best. I enjoy being on with you. You know that. I always listen to you on Twitter and stuff. And you know what? It's been a, a good year. Keep grinding, man. You are one of the best. Uh, if not, I'll tell you what, you, you, you come out there and you get some great guests. It's a hard job, folks, to get guests. To get one guest, it's a hard job. It is. I used to have to do it. It's not easy. Oh, I can't make it. Or I can't do that. Thank God I finally got a producer. I'll see you, buddy. You're my favorite guest, Mike. Thank you. Get out of here. Don't. All the other guests are going to be mad. That's fine. All right, pal. Well, you're cut from the same cloth. Where'd you grow up? Tinley Park. Tinley Park. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Tinley Park. 
It's just a little fancier than my neighborhood was over there on the <laughs> north side, baby. Love ya. I talked there with Mike North, and that'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Mike North himself, Pat Tubio, WCKG, Jim DeTalbin, to Marvel Entertainment for making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zaglul. If you want to listen to more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportsTalkChicago.com. Another great show comes away tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. And so long, everyone. No! No! There was a turtle!